Hi, I'm Samantha Rund, actor, comic, and creator of Beyond Technique Coaching. This podcast focuses on performance and the many ways it can help enhance our lives in voice, body, and mind, so we can bring more of our whole selves to our lives and work, because our whole selves are our best selves. On this podcast, I'll have on some incredible guests. We'll be sharing some stories of the ways that performance has helped inform and empower our lives, as well as share tips, techniques, and some of our many experiences. I hope you stick around and let's have some fun. Welcome back for today's episode. I'm just so thrilled to have on this next guest. She is one of my all-time favorite professors. She's amazing and you're going to love her. She is a professor at the University of Washington's professional actor training program. She is a director as well as the director of the Integrative Alexander Technique Studio here in Seattle. And uh, when you're learning more information about her, be sure to check out our website, www.kathymadden.net, as well as her book, author of Integrative Alexander Technique for Performing Artists and Teaching the Alexander Technique. So please welcome Kathy Madden. Samantha, I'm just delighted to be here and to get a chance to talk about the work that matters to us. Yeah, Yeah. I appreciate it. I really felt that, um, you know, getting to study with you for three years and then also having you as a director, it mm-hmm. really, it's definitely things that I u- can use every day, um, mm-hmm. even off of the stage, of course. Um, and yeah, so I, I just, I'm just excited for the listeners to get to hear too. So you are, I'd say like a mm-hmm. guru of the Alexander Technique. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and like, I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I, that's the way that I think, because I remember yeah. our, like all the classmates, we would, mm-hmm. sometimes people would be like, oh, she's like Yoda. She just knows. She comes in and she just knows. So yeah. um, I hope you've heard that before. <laughs> I, I have heard the Yoda thing before. <laughs> okay. And you know, I don't watch yeah. Star Wars enough to know. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that that's a good thing to hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fine thing to hear, and when I hear it, I I I feel really grateful for the woman I studied with because she really insisted that we be able to what I would say now omniserve that may be a word I wasn't using before, but but to receive through all my senses and be able to hear and see and experience what's what's going on with somebody. So it sometimes appears that I'm omniscient or some sort of thing, but really, I'm just observing <laughs> very carefully. Right. Yeah. 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 I, I mm-hmm. do think some of the ways that we're trained as actors, it can be, I don't want to say a little unsettling when we use it mm-hmm. in the real world. I'll use, for example, mm-hmm. when I was studying Meisner technique um, mm-hmm. back at Northwestern, and I had a great teacher for the Meisner, but we spent a lot of time like looking into each other's eyes and just noticing mm-hmm every little thing. And, um, after, you know, practicing it for hours on end for that quarter, I would sometimes have a conversation with a non-actor and stare deeply into their eyes. And I would notice this look of, not like panic, but just like, what's she searching for? And I'd be like, oh, right, Samantha, you're not in class. Don't do that right now. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, that's, that's an interesting thing, because I'd say we'd want to instead of looking in the eyes, we want to receive the whole person. 
that includes eyes, of course, but I, I was trained in Meissner as well and had to sort of go, wait a second, <laughs> I need, I need a, a wider re- reception. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and I, yeah. too, I also feel like that's one of the techniques where it can go a lot of different ways for people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've definitely heard a lot of horror stories of Meissner where people are kind of being emotionally abused and it's being used almost as a weapon when it's not mm. um, taught from a, right. a kind place. Right. And I used, I used to co-teach at Freehold in, in Robin Lynn Smith's class. And so we were really looking at the whole person and I'm going to say the healthy response. Yes. The healthy response. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in the hallway while people were prepping, helping them use the Alexander technique to prepare their whole selves to move into the room. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and too with Alexander technique, cause I have, you know, one of the reasons why I say, and I promise listeners, we're going to talk about the Alexander technique too, if you're not familiar with it. So we, <laughs> we won't will. leave you in the dark. Um, uh, but, you know, some of uh, other actors that I've met who, you know, had different mm-hmm. professors or mm-hmm. different teachers, their approach to the Alexander technique sounded so foreign mm-hmm. to what I had learned because it, it was uh, based more on like, should, you should stand like this and they would become more rigid and more constricted. Right. So um, I was mm-hmm. hoping to hear... Sure. about your approach for the listeners <laughs> and then, you know, the differences yeah. in that. Sure. Um, I've started to call my work integrative Alexander technique, which in some ways to me is redundant, but it is part of what you're talking about, that I always apply the work directly to what you're doing. And that, it, that in that way, it has a kind of flexibility and a kind of uh, test in the moment of life. Does it actually work? Does this, does this process, does this way of understanding how we're, we're made and function work? So I'll explain a little bit more. <laughs> Although I will start, I do have a fancy definition of it now. That the fancy definition is that it's constructive conscious kindness to yourself, cooperating with your design, and serving your desires and dreams. Doesn't the world need more of that? Now I'm looking, I'm looking at you on the other side there, if you're watching on YouTube, <laughs> as your whole self. <laughs> Doesn't yes. the world, can you say that again, Kathy? Because we need sure. more of that. Constructive, conscious kindness to yourself. Cooperating with your design. Supporting your desires and dreams. Yeah. And... It's a very fancy definition, but it does encompass really what I intend in the work. And it does, as, as you know, come down to, you know, humans are designed in a particular where, way where the quality of that relationship between the head and spine and movement determines the quality of what we can do. <laughs> and the interesting thing is that when we, we interfere with our design, no matter where it comes from, it turns up in that relationship between head and spine. Mm. So whenever we're wanting to make a change, if, we're with, if, if we understand how to restore that underlying coordination as we change an idea, as we change a response, we can, can integrate, I'm going to say we can integrate kindness in every moment. Can you talk more about integrating kindness maybe mm-hmm. um, 
ways in which you've seen that happen, of course, with your teaching and maybe ways mm-hmm. that, you know, are, go against that with, uh, not with, not with your teaching, <laughs> but right. yeah. Right. Well, the first thing I thought of, although it's, it's, it's not all that historical, but one of the things that I realized as we were walking into this pandemic moment, and I would be walking down the street and need to cross the street, or, you know, this whole thing of the six feet, the mask, the whole thing, I was realizing that the things we were doing historically are signs of disrespect and signs of unkindness. And I, I mean, you could, and when I do, did them, I felt bad. Because, like, oh, like which things in particular? Well, like someone coming up towards you and backing up. Oh, I see. Or, or, you know, I always remember this one little girl, you know, cause little, you know, she's little, they, they apparently can spread really well, but she <laughs> wanted to run up and, you know, like be with me. And I crossed the street, uh. you know, and, and I, I was already using this practice of, of, of using the Alexander technique in order to offer kindness while I was backing away. So it was just changing the meaning of the things. And I've, I've helped a lot of people because a lot of people don't like the masks. Well, if you understand it as an act of kindness, which is how it's described, but if you still don't like it and you tighten with it, you still get that little bit of resentment in your system. Mm-hmm. But if you can use this Alexander process as you put the mask on, knowing it's an act of kindness, it just changes the overall feeling. So it turns out to be really useful pandemic wise yes yes so so that we're not constantly feeling like a little icky about how we're relating to people right and if we're not on board with our thought pattern if we're not aligned with that thought pattern it shows up in our like the fight shows up in our body it does it does and that's that would be you know that's in all aspects of life so Mm -hmm. that um, I don't even remember a specific example of this, but I, I just thought of um, sometimes an actor, you know, is having trouble hearing a note from a director and they tighten. Yeah. <laughs> and teaching, teaching people to just continue to coordinate as they receive the note smooths out the relationship. Sometimes it means that the, the note can be heard. Sometimes it means that there a way a another response can come because the other the other thing is if we are if we're tightening in response to things we lose our creativity so this turns out to be just this magnificent gateway to cooperate with our design because we're designed to be creative responsive beings and if we've somehow learned to tighten in response to different things either inadvertently or um, through some circumstance. This just gives us a way to make new choices. Plus to know that any choices we've been making up until now are always perfect. They're perfect based on the information we have. When we recognize, oh, woo, maybe I want something else. It isn't that this thing was wrong. It's the thing that led us, in fact, to being able to say, you know, I'd like something else. Mm 
So again, that's kind of the ultimate kindness as well, because, okay, this is my background. This is what brought me here. Got new information. I can cooperate with that new information. And it turns out to be a lot more enjoyable in general and a lot more effective, a lot more effective. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that relationship to new information and trusting ourselves that we can integrate it, it, mm-hmm. it helps decrease the resistance in our mm-hmm. bodies and our resistance to taking that new information. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I wish I could remember. There, I, don't rem- I, remember, I remember you gave me a piece of information like that that shifted my thinking in grad school about that's okay and now you have new information so you get to choose mm-hmm. with your new information. And it just was mm-hmm. like, And you know, it's just, it's so funny that, um, that we hold on to, like, I I feel like a lot of humans, I did, I felt Mm -hmm. that need to be like, well, I was right then and I had to be right. And Mm -hmm. maybe I wouldn't hold that towards other people. It would be towards myself. But really, if it was towards myself, it was still towards other people because I couldn't, Mm -hmm. I could only relate to them to the level that I had within myself. Yeah, and it's it's probably and the reason you probably can't remember it is because it's disappeared. It's it's disappeared because the new choices are are whatever they were. I don't re- obviously don't remember that one either. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I remember. I remember th- relationally things. I remember the, the the directing the show, and I remember all kinds of sort of relational things. But the specific lessons. They build on each other moment to moment. And and you had that question about the sort of, um, I'm going to call it a more formulaic version of the Alexander process. And, you know, I, I was teaching the Alexander technique before I knew people taught in another way, which is an interesting thing to know. So um, my teacher was Marjorie Barstow, first graduate of, the, of FM's teacher training course. And she ha- she was a dancer. That it was her dancing that had taken her there. And she was a horseback rider, and she was from Lincoln, Nebraska. So the woman is really practical. Okay, <laughs> you know? and uh, you know, I, I I first my first lessons with her were in an acting studio, and it was just doing the stuff we would do in acting. So I've always. Integrate. That's why I say calling it integrative Alexander technique seems redundant to me. But there are some people who learn in ways where they just do specific set forms. Mm-hmm. And um, it certainly is a very, it's a much more restrictive thing. And I, I would say, and I have said at Congress, Congresses, is that it's not so useful for performers because you can't be in a set form. <laughs> uh, Actors need to be able to coordinate to make really weird kind of shapes um, because not every character moves well. So having, uh, so I've always had that perspective. Um, and I, as, as I said before, I think the cool thing about integrating it is you do find out right away, is this on the track of what I need? Um, the people who teach in a more formulaic way w- would say, you know, if you get it sort of better over here, it will cross over here. 
I, I have a bias. <laughs> <laughs> I own it at every Alexander meeting. I, I have a very strong bias that uh, there's a lot of things that learning it formulaically can get you stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's varying degrees of it. So it, it can't be a complete blanket statement. But um, why not? Why not just use it with the stuff of life, with picking up a pot, with picking up a child, with, um, I don't know, picking up my cat that went by a while ago. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Um, And Alexander Technique was created from... Alexander. I don't remember his whole name. Something Alexander, isn't that Frederick? Frederick Matthias Alexander. Oh, Frederick Matthias. Did you catch that? Frederick Matthias Alexander. (laughs) That's a mouthful. I love it. Yes. New tongue twister, I suppose. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and he was an actor, and he was having trouble with his voice. So the whole thing actually does come out of acting. Um, Wide application now, but beyond acting but he was having trouble with his voice he was going to voice teachers and speech teachers and doctors and things weren't working out um and then he got offered a gig at a theater that was kind of a step up from the the kind he'd been working in and he was a solo reciter so (laughs) whether or not his voice was there was really important important. Mm -hmm. and and he asked his doctor if he could take it and his doctor said yes if you don't talk for two weeks so he, you know, probably to the best of his ability, didn't speak for two weeks. And he started the performance in full voice and halfway through, you know, started croaking. When you said croaking, I was thinking croaking. Oh, so. dear. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Oh, no, that would be bad. No, no. It was, it just really, you know, lost his voice before wow. the end of the show. Yeah. And. So he went back to his doctor and asked what to do. And the doctor said, well, we'll keep doing what we're doing. And Alexander was like, well, that hasn't been working. And that sort of sent him into what's in description is a seven to nine year process of figuring out that invertebrate coordination, the relationship between head and spine and movements, a key factor in determining our coordination. Mm-hmm. It's true in all vertebrates. Like when I teach people who ride horses, as soon as I say that, they go, ah. Oh. <laughs> because if a horse is tight in that area, the horse doesn't move well, and you have to get that area free first. So, so the Alexander technique, I mean, it's, it's just vertebrate coordination. Hmm. So the, we start with learning to, you know, if I, if I reach for something and I've been pressing down, ugh, okay, <laughs> it's a lot of pressure in my system. What I learn to do is to co- coordinate so that I can reach for it as I said, cooperating with my design. And that can be the, so that's an efficient version of it. Mm-hmm. And again, just acknowledging that not every human activity is efficient. I often give the example of dancers who could take half an hour to get across a room. Right. Do, doing very fancy things, but, <laughs> but, they, but they could do it with coordination. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so a lot of times, you know, it's just in those simple acts. Do I need to add this to the fact that I'm putting something down or picking it up again? Right. Yeah, and I feel like that's very effective, especially as an actor, for getting to that place of being 
yes. like being the character instead of showing when we yes. just add that extra that we don't actually need, but we want to show like, I'm doing my job. Look at me acting. Right. Right. And I think part of the desire to show is that if you're tight, if you're tight in this relationship, you can have an idea and it doesn't make it through your system clearly. Right. So as soon as you come into coordination, those ideas that you have start to manifest in your full self right away. So mm -hmm. you don't experience the need to push. Yes. Yeah. I feel I like this is always a great reminder. Um, let us know in the comments. I love getting comments. But <laughs> it's, this is a great reminder for me that when I am off stage and when I'm sitting at the desk typing away mm -hmm. to remember to rakusa as our class picked for our word. That was our coordination word, rakusa. Rakusa. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> yes. And just to remember that I get to sit at the computer with my whole self and type. I don't have yes. to go into this, um, was it con like centrated or not concentrated? Because yeah. we well, talked about like people hear the word concentrated and they think narrowing versus. Yeah, they, they think. Right. They think centration. They think of yes, only centration. the center rather mm -hmm. than there happens to be a center in a wide world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a great reminder. Um, I've been teaching a lot of classes that I call Zoomdom to teach people how to coordinate in this environment. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you talk about one or two of like, I don't know, highlights or interesting experiences from your Zoomdom. It has such from a great Zoom name. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, one of those things you wait, I want to teach a class about this. Well, okay, I will venture into this one. Uh, what's People talk about Zoom fatigue. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, as, as we were teaching online in the spring and everything was moving into Zoom, and, uh, and I'll note, I've, I've taught, online for many years and I direct a play by Zoom last year. It was very bizarre. <laughs> it's like it worked. <laughs> but, um, so I wasn't getting tired and everybody else was and I'm like, what am I doing? So I just started trying to figure it out. And one of the things is that I'm cooperating with the medium mm -hmm. because if you try to look at a computer screen as if it's a real live person you're, and you try to focus on it like it's a real object, your eyes will get really tight and tired and then your whole system starts. Yeah. But if you receive, you simply receive because you know, pixels are moving so your eyes can't grab them the way they might and I know if we go to quantum physics the real objects are moving too but <laughs> <laughs> well, let's leave that <laughs> but, but but if you look at even at the edge of your computer it's a, got a more solid line than the, than anything that's going to be on the monitor mm. and if I try and make the monitor be like that I'm going to get tight overall starting with my eyes but if I just go, well, this is what I have, and it's, you know, this wonderful visually aided phone call, um, <laughs> then it's a lot easier. And then the other thing, and, and you're, I mean, we're both doing it, but we're moving quite a bit. 
And a lot of people, because multiple factors, being in front of a screen is often associated with being passive rather than active. So people just kind of sit in the middle and do this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, depending on your setup, we're both choosing to sort of be middle-ish, although I, I'm on a wobble stool, so I'm moving <laughs> oh, around yes. quite a bit. Yeah. But you know, when you're moving too, you've got a moving chair. Uh, I do also have people get off center, mm-hmm. which, you know, with your microphone, that's not going to work really well. But if you go off center and everybody's off center in the meeting, it puts more movement into the environment. So it's a kind of a design feature. Yeah, see, that made it just makes this funny little difference. Yeah, that's so neat. <laughs> it is. So it's, I guess I'm directing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's get in a different relationship to each other. Right. Right. So, and the other thing, and I guess it's funny that I mentioned quantum, I, I, I think we're communicating to each other through the world. So I'm not, tr- you know, I've got, as I said, visually aided phone call. I do not think there's a, a Samantha in my. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm, I, and, and so I tend to move as if I'm in the room with the amount of people I have. So I don't know what my neighbors think of this person, you know, waiting right. about in here, but so I behave as if I'm in, and maybe that's from the acting too. Yeah. I behave as if I'm in the room with the people. And sometimes, you know, yeah, yeah. And I look out. I look out as if I'm in a room sometimes. Yeah. Um, I'm think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also thinking about even when I am on a, on a call or behind a computer, mm-hmm. the difference in my body, if I'm not, bringing that awareness, task for coordination, mm-hmm. all of that, if I'm just, you know, yeah. operating on, I'm tired and I'm just doing the thing, right? Right. But if I'm doing an activity that I love, like if I'm involved in this call or like doing a coaching or writing something creative, my body language is very different than if I'm crunching numbers and doing work that I could care less about, that mm-hmm. there's a sort of, I think kind of mm-hmm. like when you were talking about with the mask earlier, there's this... Mm-hmm resistance which registers as tightness right and so it at moments like that I have to especially remind myself to integrate and like allow myself to have my natural Mm -hmm. movement and and Mm -hmm. flow yeah and that usually usually that comes by finding the yes for why you're crunching the numbers so that your desire also you could also go well I'm just going to coordinate while I do something I don't like, but to, but, but if you're choosing to do it, you probably want to do it. Right. I, okay. I'm going to repeat that again. If you can't tell I'm a fan <laughs> of, of uh, repeating these things to make sure you catch it and it's emblazoned right here too. Yeah. But yes, that when we're doing an activity that we feel like maybe we don't want to do to remember the, why we do want to do it because we are mm-hmm. doing it and to mm-hmm. heighten that yes for, for ourselves. Right. Right. And, uh, and heightening the yes will is sort of a prerequisite for you for restoring coordination. Yeah. If we're, if we're, if we're acting on the no, that will cause us to tighten. So there's, that's the constructive conscious kindness. Where is the yes? Where's the yes? Where is the yes? 
And I also, for me, I think in those, I'm thinking now of scenarios where I've really felt my body tighten or it's maybe been like a job that I didn't want or something like that. <laughs> right. I felt my body tighten. And actually a good friend of mine <laughs> called me out on that. It was when I was new at a restaurant job years ago mm -hmm. and I was very tight. And my hands were like this. And I was like, you know, just like, and he gave me so much crap about it. And I was like, stop it. I'm being professional. I'm not at the theater right now. No, I didn't say that. It's like, I'm being professional, you know? And mm -hmm. um, of course, like that naturally changed after I was there for a while and I got comfortable mm -hmm. around everybody. I was still professional, right. but my body was loose. And it would have been mm -hmm. great if I remembered this then, because I could have changed that scenario like mm -hmm. immediately. Right. So right. I think... The other, the other piece of that um, can also be what our uh, preconceived expectations are or mm -hmm. the, the, the form that isn't helpful to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose in situations that you know you're going into, that you have, ooh, yeah, um, the, the Alexander technique does have this underlying process. Okay, I want to go into this situation even even though I'm experiencing obstacles. And then there's a, do I want to use my coordination to do that, which is a really important piece of this. That's always, you're always free to choose whatever way you want to respond. Mm -hmm. But if you choose to use the Alexander process, you start gathering information. So if you know you're going into... Uh, a situation that has challenges in some way for you. I actually usually use the Uta Hagen questions when I'm teaching anybody in any field to gather information about what's going on. So the who are you? What time is it? Where are you? Um, who and what surround you? And what are the events? And then figuring out, you know, do you have anything important to you about any of those events? To do, I do that for life and then ask the question, what do I want in this moment, the next hour, the next day? How does that relate to my life? Um, so, and then that gives me the ability to plan. Go, okay, I'm going into this situation. It's got some obstacles for me. And, but rather than be a victim to those obstacles, I, I cr have created a back pocket plan. Mm. So should that obstacle appear, I'm going to ask to rock us out, to coordinate so that I can do X, Y, and Z for the situation. So that's, that's sort of a, a there's the in-the-moment use of the Alexander mm -hmm. technique to reach for those pots, but there yeah. is also that the life one where, oh, okay, every time I go see the, to this meeting, I tighten. Yeah. What's going on? And then the next time I go to the meeting, I have a plan. Mm -hmm. Should it happen again? So I can, again, kindly take care of myself. Right. Which, which also helps me get what I want in my life. Yeah. 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 I was just like, yep, just basking in it. It's, um, I feel like one of my favorite things of acting training in grad school, especially like UW, mm -hmm. was um, just the amazing physical training and mm -hmm. having this heightened awareness of 
well, what's going on in my body and um, yeah. being able to be aware of it and pay attention to it so that I can make more informed choices, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how often the, the, that we, the fact that we are a whole self that, that has yeah. <laughs> bits that move isn't always included in, in every sort of change process discussion. Yeah. Um, and you have to kind of put it in. So that's what it gives us. I mean, as actors, it gives us the ability to use the in- instrument for artistic purpose, but it also helps us do that in life. Yeah. There's one other thing I wanted to, well, there's a few other things, but I wanted <laughs> to ask, um, I remember one of the things we talked about was end gaining. Mm-hmm. And that that definitely can be uh, mm-hmm. detrimental when you're, mm-hmm. you know, when we're like trying to reach for the thing, but we're thinking of, oh, my hand's already on the keyboard and it's going to have this shape versus right. Right. Um, doing a coordination. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, end gaining is a, a term that just means going towards your end without paying attention to the process. And the sort of the counter to it is means whereby which is going towards your end, but paying attention to the process. So if I, um, sort of a, oh, I know I could do, I was in a very small film. I'm just thinking, but, <laughs> and, 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 and a graduate of the program asked me to be in it. It was her script and I got my scene and, it said, um, I read the part and it said, uh, mother cries through this whole monologue. And I said, oh, that's the acting student's revenge. (laughs) 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 So, but I mean, it was a comedy. So the degree of, so the degree of crying, it it wasn't, you know, it it wasn't, yeah. But But in order to do it, you know, you, you can't, you know, as you know, you can't just go, ah, gee, I'll cry. <laughs> you have to create the step-by-step step that will get you there. Mm-hmm. And, and so I had to figure out what the step-by-step step for this particular character was. If I'd just gone in and go, oh, <laughs> it wouldn't, you know, but this, this going in and going, okay, I see my daughter and the wedding, I mean, it was, something about a wedding. I don't remember the actual thing, but I see my daughter in the wedding dress and isn't the wedding dress I wanted her to have. Or, you know, I'd sort of just sort of, and then I see this and I see this and I, and all of these things happen. And then the moment comes and then I'm, so I've made the prep. So I've done the step by step by step by step. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch and you, you can watch this, um, in, in good athletes as well. You, you can't just get a good, I, I'll use baseball, because like, they, they all have different routines for, for batting, right. <laughs> but, but they, have, they have a routine. Right. And if they didn't have, and each, if you dug into it, you'd find out why each one of them is there, but they, they need the sequence. You can't just, you know, you can't just go, oh, I'm going to hit the ball. <laughs> you right. have to, you have this deep training step by step by step that you do each time. 
Mm-hmm. And and once you rehearse it, it goes pretty fast. It sounds like it would be terribly take terribly long, but you you practice each step of the way as using the Alexander technique so that you're maximizing your coordination. And then you're headed towards the end, but often it's a more I'm going to say it's a more imaginative, more responsive end because you 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 have more information feeding it rather than you guessing, as you said, preconceiving how it should be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's um, more imaginative, I guess that's what I would say. That's the creativity again. Yeah. And you always know within that that you wouldn't have to follow that path, which is fun. Right. You know, you you need to always know that that you're, as far as I can tell, with if you're an adult, and you you have free choice, unless you, if you jump off a chair, you're probably going down. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you could have put on a jetpack. <laughs> right, right, right. That's true. Now we're getting into that territory. <laughs> well, there's the possibility if you properly planned. <laughs> right. Exactly. Does that answer? That yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And let's see. Okay. So I'm curious, um, how did you get into the Alexander technique? Because when you started, um, was it as popular as it is now or how did you mm. how did you decide to get into it i was in graduate school at washington university in st louis uh, and my teacher brought marjorie barstow to do a workshop and it was funny because all he said to me was sid friedman uh, who's in boston now thank you sid uh he just said why don't you come i think you'd like it that is as much as I knew. <laughs> and I said, okay. And I went in. And what I remember most about that workshop was how my fellow students changed. Mm. Because I'd been in acting classes with them. And I know I changed too, but it, I know that there was something. That's the thing I was going, hmm, there's something to this. And he just he kept bringing her. And it was sort of funny. I had decided when I graduated that I was going to move to Lincoln, Nebraska to study with her. So this is pre, this is pre, you know, looking anything up, you know, you could look it up on the internet or whatever. There would have been other ways, but I was told she was one of the best in the world. I was in St. Louis. You could drive from St. Louis to Lincoln relatively easily. Um, I had a bunch of my friends and a truck. It was very nice. Um, so I, I moved to Lincoln to learn to teach because, so there are two things. And the, and the funny thing about Sid, I decided to do that. And about two weeks after I decided to do that, Sid said, why don't you learn to teach this? I think you'd like it. So he was right. But my, my impulse was partially that I needed a day job as a theater person. And I thought, you know, of all the day jobs, I'd rather teach the Alexander Technique than anything else. And it also, the, the phrase I used at the time is actors work so hard to do what they care about. They deserve to have what they care about actually work. Because mm. that was my experience is that prior to the Alexander Technique, I was doing 
everything the director and the acting teachers said, but they all would, they would, I'd get notes and they'd say, why don't you do this at this point? And I'm like, it's what I thought I was doing. Yeah. So that it really was that, that performers deserve to have, have their work actually come through them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, it doesn't guarantee that I made all the right choices after that, but at least they saw what I was doing. You know? Right. And then, I mean, it did other things. It expanded my range in all kinds of ways. Um, prior to studying the Alexander technique, I only got cast as nice people. And I, I started getting cast as villains. And I was Ooh. like, really? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> and I conjecture it's just because I was the one who wasn't tightening to be the villain. Right. And I was just like, all right, I'll go. <laughs> I don't I do. I wasn't. I don't know really if that's what happened because I just. Did you have a favorite villain you got to play, or well, the, that comes the, to mind the first one because I played um, May in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, and I'd I'd never experienced anything like it. I walked onto the stage, you know, and the, for the first time, waves of hate were coming up. <laughs> off the audience and i'm and and it just and i i I was wearing these ridiculous shoes and a wig and and it was like and there was it just fired me up it's like i haven't even said anything yet (laughs) wait till i get started (laughs) so so she she was a lot of fun playing villains i mean like i or i guess whenever i play them i can't think of them as a villain but it's right really fun and relaxing to play characters that aren't very nice it's like a nice breath of fresh air (laughs) right right and and they're always right (laughs) so it yeah was very fun to get that new casting range yeah yeah i remember um one thing that, like, one of the things that stands out when you were saying how much you would, you would see your classmate change um, mm-hmm. when you were at the, you know, learning Alexander with them. I remember one of my classmates, this drastic change in how he walked. And I don't think I'll call him out, although it was a good thing, but mm-hmm. he, his walk normally showed what he was doing. I feel like he was a very smart person and he, he got things done. Mm-hmm. And his walk showed that he did that because there was an extra heaviness on each step. And, mm-hmm. okay, I think you remember this too. <laughs> I and <do>. then <laughs> when he had his coordination, he had his coordination and he let go of all of that extra. And it was like he was gliding across a space. And all of a sudden, he just turned into this sexy leading man character. Yeah. And I remember the whole class was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he seemed to get a little bit like embarrassed, but also like more confident from it. Mm-hmm. And it was just so amazing to see so quickly how something like that could change his physicality because, you know, um, yeah, like if he was getting mm-hmm. that note the way that I, us, I would say a typical director would in, mm-hmm. in my experience of just, you know, well, be confident, well, walk like this or do this more like mm-hmm. external. I don't know if when that would have happened, you know? Right. Because there was a, there was some perfect reason in his underlying coordination that he walked that way. So when he changed his idea about that and was able to coordinate head spine with a new idea, I, it was 
yeah. quite a spectacular shift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he'd been working it up to it for a while. So. <laughs> yeah. but, but sometimes people do shift that quickly. It's really had people in one lesson go, oh. Yeah. Yeah. So. I had a really fun session with a student the other day who um, – we were getting into a moment where she was supposed to be crying because she was devastated. Mm -hmm. And um, I noticed that she could access anger a lot easier than devastation, which Mm -hmm. I think generally is how it is for most people when you're, especially when you're starting out as acting, it's kind of easier to get that (laughs) layer than the other. Mm -hmm. Um, But just, it was, it was cool like reading her body and seeing her body to see that resistance and then Mm -hmm. saying, well, what if you don't have to be devastated? Let's just see what happens if you're angry, but you get so angry, like, let's try it that way. And, you know, I gave her a little piece of resistance to push against Mm -hmm. so she could get that struggle in her Mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool because when she did it again (laughs) and then her voice broke, you know, how it would. And it's like, it's, it's, um, yeah, like it's, it's a gift. uh, What I got to learn, of course, from you and, Mm -hmm. and my amazing teachers of just for me as an actor, but it's so helpful working with people because I don't have to be attached to, well, this is the way Mm -hmm. that you learn it. And this is the technique. And if you do it this way, then it's right. It's like, it really doesn't matter what I say. It matters if it's affecting you. I mean, not to say, but okay. Yeah. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, yeah, there's all sorts of ways in and, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's, great to be able to see what somebody's like see if my words are effective by how it's translating in their body yes and then like great well let's get off of this note and let me try something else you know exactly it was so awesome (laughs) (laughs) hurrah (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's that is it is such a gift to know this stuff i I've yeah. known it long enough. I, I I can't quite remember not knowing it, but <laughs> I sometimes I know people. People all find their way. How do we find our way to the best way to approach something? Right. And this just gives us this quick little tool. Yeah. That makes all of those choices just a little bit clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like for um for actors too, and. I feel like, um, well, I know it's been said most of the actor's work is looking for work. (laughs) You know, you're mostly just looking for work and and occasionally you land the job. Um, Mm -hmm. And, but even when you're at the audition or when you're with the director, I find so much of my work is translating what they're saying because Mm -hmm. we don't always speak the same language, even though we're speaking the same language. So it's just like, Mm -hmm. as if, like, as if I were my student in that example, but mm-hmm. if my director wasn't able to translate for me, because most directors aren't actors, <laughs> yes, you know, and so, mm-hmm. so they might be saying the same thing, the same note, but it's like, okay, well, if they're saying it again, clearly something is missing. It, what is it that my body needs to do then? Yeah. It's yeah. just ra- wrapping it back around to what you were saying mm-hmm. uh, of, uh, you know, at least they could see your work then. Right. At least they could see you're shifting, you're doing something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It is. <laughs> it is. And, and you can, I mean, I suppose I'll just throw in this, you don't have to leave what you're doing to use it. I think that's one of the gold pieces of gold of the technique is that 
you don't have to set aside a time in the day to do some to do a set of exercises. Once you know this, you just use it as you flow from thing to thing to thing. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. But try it when you're having a glass of wine later today or taking your dog for a walk or <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> you know, practical applications. Mm-hmm. Um, neat. Um, well, I, I shouldn't take too much more of your time because we're almost at the hour now, but um, I just want to make sure, was there, was there anything else that, that you wanted to share about how performance has improved your life or the Alexander mm. technique? Because I see there's mm. obviously a huge range. There is a huge range. Yeah. I, I think that all of them have led me to hmm, constructive conscious kindness to myself in a way that also deepens my ability to be constructive, consciously kind in the world. I feel that for myself as well, that um, what I've learned in my acting process has made me a better human and has Mm -hmm. helped me to relate to people even better and myself and with less judgment, you know, but, or I should say, and that's also a, a choice that I make. It's not something that, you know, I meet every mm-hmm. actor and we're all trying to be enlightened. <laughs> it's, like, it's a choice. <laughs> it's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I want to ask you again, mm-hmm. when you say kind, what do you think mm-hmm. of when you use the word kind? What I, hmm. What I think of is it, it would include what you were talking, you know, what we often talk about is non-judgment. It includes, um, hmm, I suppose I'm going to just, it sounds a little corny, but it's love. It's really love to yourself. And and love to the world, but with that thing that it needs to start with you, so that you're able to carry it into the world. And so relationally, it 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 means it's so interesting. What an interesting question. So I'm thinking of things like deep listening. Listening to someone always as if it's the first time. Um, and that's going to be whole self-listening. So it, it carries you in that way with, with curiosity and, and, again, care, kindness, but care for or honor for the spirit of each individual. And, yeah, and a kind of wonder in that, but always... Always new. Yeah. And as, you know, as we're talking about this even more, um, I'm also thinking of the ways in which 
if we're not careful as humans, we can do centration on our life. Mm-hmm. And that kindness is that, you know, bring it all. T- brings it all out. Into brings it all in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Siegel talks about kindness being the uh, natural outcome of a full self-integration. So perhaps it's a, a, so there's a relationship to the Alexander technique in his definition. But, uh, but it is important that it includes the world. Which would lead us in, I, I use the word biopsychosocial to describe wholeness now. That leads us in a whole other direction. <laughs> because well, we, we are a self in a world. Yes. <laughs> Which is perhaps more, more apparent to all of us at the current moment. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. so we, I, had an, I had an interesting moment earlier before the podcast. Um, with um social media mm. and it was <laughs> just coming in. yes i am talking about this right now but okay. it was um with somebody who i do not share the same views with but mm-hmm. who i know cares about my well-being you know and mm-hmm. so it was an interesting thing of you know, I'm realizing what I did now is I did remind myself to align with what I believe Mm. and all of the information instead of just reacting. Mm. And I'm not usually one to like fly off the handle in anger anyway, except for when I play those characters. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But, but, um, it, it was, it was actually really neat to see what can happen when, you know, we react from that space of taking in all of the information and remembering to still honor the person, which, um, you know, can be successful to varying degrees. But in this case, we were able to have like a nice conversation and neither one of us changed our mind, but it did feel like there was a certain, uh, another little bit of openness that was there because it was, it it was as if we were acknowledging like, you know what, I'm going to see you and you're going to see me. And Mm -hmm. we're just going to say, your life matters. Mm-hmm. And um, it'd be great if you agreed with me on more things, but you don't. So, <laughs> so go in mm-hmm. peace. No, go in peace. Like... <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. I I hope everyone can take lessons from Kathy. So I'm so happy that she's here. You could use it for everything in your life. I truly believe, and it can improve it. And so um, be sure to look up more of her information at Kathy Madden or www.kathymadden.net. She's teaching all over the world, right, as well with Zoom. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, uh, be sure to check out her book. And of course, if you're looking for a coach to also help you with performance skills so that you can, you know, in you know, for auditions, for personal development, public speaking, relationship, any anything really, because that voice, body, mind connection, it's it's useful. It's <laughs> so I'm always, <laughs> yeah, it's useful. Yeah. <laughs> and it can bring you more joy and more ease in whatever you're going through. So I'm always happy to help. Feel free to reach me at uh, beyondtechniquecoaching at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Samantha. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> stay safe and stay healthy. <laughs> 